the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by Danny Perez and Anthony Florentino. This is episode 51 featuring Connor Collier. Connor is a former Division III hockey player at Stonehill College. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it, man. Connor, welcome on. Sure. Yeah, thanks for have, uh, you know for coming on and talking to us and being open to share your story. So, yeah, we start everything. If you want to just give yourself an intro and let everyone know who you are and the sport you played and, yeah, your journey. Yeah, of course. Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, you guys are doing great work and been listening to all the pods. And, you know, it's it's great what you guys are doing for us athletes and a great, great platform for all of us. But, um, yeah, I'm Connor Collier. I'm originally from New Jersey, uh, Madison, New Jersey, which is in Morris County, kind of up north there. Uh, been a hockey player or was a hockey player, retired now, played my whole life. Um, if you're familiar with the area, I played for uh, the Devils Youth Program, played with, with Danny for a couple of years there. And uh, yeah, great, great time there. I played basically from mites to up to midgets and uh, went to St. Peter's Prep High School with also with Danny for a couple of years and kind of matriculated from there, went to, to prep school, boarding school, did that whole scene two years there and did a year of juniors and kind of, kind of done everything. I mean, I think my story isn't that unique as it pertains to the hockey realm. And I think we've all kind of done similar, similar things, albeit a little differently, but um, yeah, just uh, really fortunate to have had a, a great couple of years playing hockey, played my whole life, um, played in college at Stonehill college, which is division two in the NE 10. And, you know, again, like I said, it's just, um, it's hard to realize in the moment, I think how fortunate you are to play a sport like hockey and kind of chase the dream. I know that's kind of the motto we all, we all say, but in the moment, it's hard to, to recognize how fortunate you are, but looking back, I'm kind of two years removed from, from college and from playing and um, nothing but positive things to say. And, you know, the reason why I was, was so eager to come on here and chat is, you know, listening to you guys podcast and, you know, some of the stories that have been shared, you hear a lot of different things, you know, ups and downs from a lot of guys and gals about their careers and, and sports related things. And, you know, my, my path is a little unique in that, you know, I've kind of recognized some of the struggles that are going on post post hockey um, and not even anything almost, you know, it's certainly hockey related, but it's unique in that you know, the life I live now, which is kind of just the regular nine to five job, that's sort of um, opened me up to some of the things that I'm, I'm battling currently. And, and I think a lot of that is because of the void that's been left in my life from not having hockey. So um, would love to make this a dialogue with you guys. And I've obviously heard your guys' stories from listening to the pod and Danny, I've known you for a long time, but 
uh, happy to be on here and, and just kind of share some of my unique experiences, both in and out of hockey. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up, you know, when we talked um, via text, when you reached out, you mentioned about, you know, the transition of being an athlete to, you know, the, the real world. Yeah. Um, and I think that's such a important and overlooked topic. And I don't know if it's one that we've really talked about too much on here. Um, so I'm excited to have you on and give us that perspective. Um, and you, like you said, you've noticed that it's kind of opened you up to some, to some struggles now, just in that transitionary period, which everyone has to go through at some point. And everyone here has been told like, Oh, hockey ends, hockey ends. But when you're playing and when you're a little kid, like you're like, yeah, hockey ends, whatever. I'll deal with that when I get there. Like it's never right. been for me. Right. Right. And I, I was that kid. <laughs> like I, yeah. I, I've like, even like mid pandemic when I still like, had hopes of playing, I was like, oh, it'll end at some point, but not now, you know? Right. And now right. It's like, I'm, st- I'm going through the same things that, that you, um, that you are. So, you know, talk about how that experience has been for you um, making that transition and um, you know, what you're struggling with and also what you're learning about yourself yeah. and about, you know, who you are and what you want. Yeah. It's uh, I guess I'll backtrack a little bit and kind of just give a little more color as to what my vantage point was in my relationship with hockey. I obviously, you know, like 99.9% of guys that guys and girls that play the sport, you know, adored hockey. It was, it was my life. And that sounds cliche, but I think, you know, we're, we've all been there, right. Where you, you grow up, you're chasing the dream and you get to that certain age where it's like, you know, this is what I want to do, whether, you know, and, I actually never really had aspirations to play in the NHL. Obviously if, if it was a reality, that would have been great. But for me, I was, I think I was like 11 or 12 years old and all I talked about was playing division one hockey. That was, that was my only goal really. Um, and so that's really all I wanted. And it's interesting. And I actually had written down something, a little notepad over here that with hockey for me, it was like my identity in the sport kind of just became my goal and whether I achieved it or not. So getting to, you know, midgets or or prep school or juniors all I really thought about my relationship with the sport was am I going to get to division one and if I don't then what have I done for the last 15 plus years of my life and not to get dramatic and say you know I thought I was a failure when that time came and I realized I wasn't going to go d1 but that was I think that was the start of me realizing like what what is my relationship with this sport um you know you dedicate your whole life to it your parents dedicate your life their lives to it um, and you start to realize, was it all for naught? And I never really had that thought, but I definitely was thinking, um, when it comes time to, to get to college and I realize I'm not a division one player and I didn't achieve that dream. Um, you know, how do I handle that? And so it's really interesting and, and I'll get into how I'm kind of dealing with it post-college, but when I got to college, I almost like couldn't wait to be done with hockey. And that seems crazy to say, but, you know, I, I, like I said, I had that dream and I didn't get there. And obviously I enjoyed my four years and I loved all my teammates and I loved playing, but I I think a part of me kind of wilted when I didn't get that goal that I had achieved. Um, And so kind of after my sophomore year of college, I played two years and I didn't play a ton my freshman year and played a little bit my sophomore year, but we didn't have a great team. And I just kind of found myself saying, I can't wait for this to be over. I, I can't wait for the real world to just get here. Um, you know, 20, 20 years of hockey or 19 years of hockey. And I had kind of just had enough of it. So it's interesting, Danny, because you talk about, you know, you're never ready for it to end. And I'm, I was sitting there kind of just like ready for it to end even before it was over. And so 
I look back now and I, I get frustrated with how I approached the sport, you know, towards the latter half of my career, just because I, I had those feelings of let's just get it over with, you know, I didn't get where I wanted. So let's just be done with it. And, and now I'm sitting here, I, I work a regular job and I enjoy my job, but at the same time, it's, you sit there and you're like, did I, did I give up having the time of my life just to, to get to where I am now? Right. You have, 40 whatever years ahead of you to work and it's like you don't have 40 years to play hockey and so those are the things I I'm kind of struggling to think through now you know it's it's not like I can go back and change anything that I already did um, but I definitely sit here and I wonder and I definitely have realized some some feelings of anxiety and stress and just kind of wondering what if right not even what if that's like how could I have changed my career but just what if I had approached it better um, and I don't even know if better is the right word but what if I have just given it the the opportunity that it deserved and I just really immersed myself in enjoying it for what it was? Because I really don't think I did that um, to the best of my abilities. So that's kind of what I'm struggling with now. And I don't know how you fix that. I don't know if it's just something you deal with when you're a couple of years removed from playing, but kind of searching for those things now and, and love talking to guys who are done playing as well and just kind of hearing about how they're coping with, you know, not playing anymore because you hear a lot of guys who are, they never wanted to give it up. And you hear some guys like me who, are, who couldn't wait to give it up. And then we all kind of arrive at this similar situation where it's like, well, shit, um, it's over. And, and we don't really know how to, how to deal with that. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at and, and what I'm struggling with. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny. I, I think about this quite a bit now being on the side of I'm done. Um, and I have the same thoughts as you, Connor, and the fact that I look back and why, while I have no regrets, I just wish I enjoyed the process more mm-hmm. and was stop and just stop being so like goal focused and goal oriented. Cause I don't know if it was like this for you, but like, that's a lot of stress. And when you're a 13 year old, 14 year old, 16, 20 year old, and like all you think about is like achieving the goal, you forget to fall in love with the journey and the process of it. And I think a lot of us um, easily get like that. And then your identity falls into that, you know, realm too. And then when you don't achieve it, or if you do, and you know, if it, you know, if you fail or just you know, have a minor setback, you feel like that's on you as a person, like everything that you are as a human right. is completely just dismantled or you're, you know, the, the failure feeling that, that you, we all get. And I think, um, I don't know if I know anyone who has, been such a maniac about work ethic and achieving a goal as you were man like I remember we used to work out together all the time and it was all we talked about and like always doing the extra reps and we would always say remember dedication but we spelled yeah. it you wanted it. I had yeah. to bring that up that's all I thought about like yeah, were, man. and we push each other and I think it was great for us but like you know we, we were psychos about it in a sense and I think it's like that's all we thought about and we forgot to just yeah. like, enjoy playing the sport and I think that that can be a lot of stress on, on kids. I mean, it's just, it's hard. Um, and when you talk about the whole, you know, feeling like I mean, you put your identity into that, how, how do you feel, you know, about that message? And you, you mentioned it before. So. Yeah. I mean, and it's great that you bring that up, Danny, because I look back and those are such fond memories, but at the same time, I'm like, did we, did we have an unhealthy relationship with the sport? And, you know, I'll never tell anyone that they shouldn't, obsess over a goal or if, if you love the sport of hockey or whatever sport you're doing, I would never say that you shouldn't 
give it 110% or whatever you can. But the, the reason why I, I kind of second guess myself is I'm like, well, is that even healthy? You're 12 or 13 years old. And yeah, you're telling yourself it's a goal and you want to get there. But I think the sometimes the way we went about it was, you know, I don't know if there's any other word besides obsessive, right? Like we were just so caught up in, in that one dream. And I, I look back and I have a really complicated, I think, relationship with how I understand goal setting now. Um, hockey was my first goal that I ever set. That was like my first dream, quote unquote. And, you know, now I look back and I'm like, you know, is that, is that the right way to go about setting up goals for yourself? Right. Like now I'm in a stage in my life where I'm trying to set new goals and I'm constantly second guess, like how much of myself do I put into getting there? Because, you know, take out the fact that I didn't even achieve that dream that I wanted. I don't even really look at the result as part of the process or as part of the you know, the end result, I look at it more like, how did I go about getting there? And the part that I really am having a hard time coming to terms with is figuring out, you know, what part of you, if not all of it should be put into attaining those things that you put forward in front of yourself. You know, when we were kids, it was like, it was hockey. And I was very fortunate that my parents kind of just let me go as hard as I wanted. There was never a no. If I wanted to go to boarding school, go ahead. If I wanted to play juniors, go ahead. If I wanted to play another year of juniors, go ahead. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's great. And we can get into that about how my parents were so supportive, but at the same time, so that kind of tells me that all of the things that I was doing were kind of brought on by myself, you know, the stresses, the anxieties and, and kind of that almost toxic relationship and obsession with getting to where I wanted to be. I, I don't know if that's the right way to go about it. And I don't know if that's unique to hockey. I'd love to hear your guys' experiences. And if you think that's a, a hockey thing, or I know you guys have been talking to a lot of other athletes on here, but it seems like hockey players have that just insane drive to get to that end goal. And not that I haven't seen it in other athletes or in other people just in general, but I don't know. I think it, it seems to me like it's something to do with the sport of hockey where they're just giving you every single level to, to reach. Um, and I don't know if that's healthy, right? Like, it's great that you can play in high school and prep school and juniors and do all these things, but is, is that almost too much? And I, I question that, you know, like one day I'd love to have kids and have them play hockey. And I, I don't know if, I don't know what the game will be like then, but I hope that it's not, I hope the process they go through is not the same one that I went through. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's unique to hockey because I mean, I've, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure we're the only sport that commits kids at 13 years old. Yeah. So, like, yeah. right away, your friends and your class are worried about, like, the birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. And and you're more worried about, like, I think I'm 13 and I still haven't committed to, like, right. a Division One program. Like, what am I doing? I, I better right. get it up, you know? Right. right. But also, I mean, I think – but that's not to say that all athletes um don't have the same level of drive, but I think mean, that – there's one thing that you know needs to be said is that this is why I think athletes are looked upon in corporate America, because when you achieve that high level of success, your brain ticks a little bit differently than the average person. I think um, yeah. you don't take no for an answer. You're willing to do absolutely everything. You're willing to make the sacrifices. And that's why typically like athletes end up being successful in, in the real world. So I think there is a correlation, but I think it's just important to teach the young kids and the next generation to just fall in love with the process of, of being a hockey player and 
the sport itself and um, maybe don't look at so many of those Instagram videos you see of like coaches doing these drills. I mean, honestly, I think there needs to be more three on three and like just like open hockey stuff, like everything's so structured. And I think when kids see that, when kids see other kids committing at like 13 years old, 14 years old, it can create a toxic community and a toxic mindset. Yeah. And I, it's like, I think it's a great segue that you, you bring up Danny talking about, you know, why athletes and honestly, I think hockey players specifically, but definitely athletes are, are looked upon so positively in, you know, corporate America or, or really just any post career post playing career. Um, and it's, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to come on is because I'm kind of the, the things I'm experiencing now with, you know, working full time and no longer being an athlete, you know, you obviously lose that identity, but at the same time, you know, we've already talked about some of the, some of the issues I've had with, with, you know, my path and my route and just, you know, youth hockey in general. And I'm starting to see that in, in the working world where, like you said, like, we'll never take no for an answer. And, you know, you grow up and your drive to get somewhere to, to accomplish a goal is so strong. And you're, the only thing you're telling yourself is I just have to work as hard as the next person. Right. And there are definitely always people working harder than you. And I think that's really unique to athletes in general, because you, you get to the working world and you kind of look around and as opposed to when you're an athlete and 75% of the people, if not more are working as hard, if not harder than you, you get to the working world and you're, and you're kind of like, what, what, where's ever, where's everyone at? Like no one's working hard. And that's not to say that the work isn't hard, but you're so ingrained to just keep pushing yourself until you're almost uncomfortable that that almost becomes a problem when working. And I'm, I'm starting to realize that now, you know, in hockey, it's like, do that extra rep or in any sport, do that extra rep or, you know, get, get an extra session and get on the ice and do whatever you need to do. Shoot pucks. The mindset is just not the same in the working world. And I think people value athletes because they're willing to go above and beyond, but there's definitely a threshold that needs to be understood because so often growing up when the athlete is willing to, exceed that threshold and go further than anyone else. I mean, that's not, that's almost not even, it is welcome obviously in the working world, but it's, it's unique, right? There are not a lot of people who are doing that. And so part of what I'm really struggling with now is my whole life. I've always told myself to do more, right. And do more and do more because everyone else is doing it. And now I'm trying to tell myself to do less because I'm finding myself just constantly stressed and like anxiety riddled and, I know that's not healthy, but I, I can't help it because of how ingrained I was in working hard from sports. Um, and so that's a really hard thing that I'm, I'm dealing with because you sit there and, you know, you're thinking that hard work is great, right? Obviously no one's going to tell you to not work hard, but is working hard to the point of like exhaustion and like mental and mostly mental exhaustion is that healthy. And it's interesting because when you're growing up, you'll push yourself to boundaries that you didn't even know you had, but you're doing it for something you love. I work in insurance and I like my job, but I don't love insurance. Like I love hockey. <laughs> so it's uh, no, not even close, <laughs> not even close. So it's something that you, you really have to come to terms with. And I know that there, are, you know, for all your guys, listeners, and you know, you've had people on the pod now that are still playing and I, I don't want to like steer anyone away from, you know, enjoying their career and getting into the working world and, putting forth all the things that they used in hockey or any other sport into the working world. Obviously you should. Um, I'm very fortunate to be where I'm at right now, but at the same time, I I think the earlier you can learn that there's definitely a threshold when it comes to hard work and then like 
just like mental anguish, right? Like you can take a step back and relax every once in a while. That's a good thing for you. And I haven't learned how to do that properly. I never did it in sports and I don't really do it now in, in working. And um, I'm lucky to have good friends who are there to kind of tell me like, dude, just, just take a break, right? Like step back and, and take a break. And you know, that it's just, it's unique to me because I'd never had that in hockey. No one was ever telling you to, to just take it easy there. If anything, they're just telling you to, to do one more, to, to do it harder. Um, so that's something that's just unique that I'm, I'm really trying to figure out now. And I honestly haven't quite figured out how to do it. It's definitely a work in progress. Have you, um, go ahead. Were you going to say something, Flo? No, no, I was just going to point out the identity, but I'll bring it up later because it'll spark something else. Just keep going. <laughs> I was wondering about um, if you've been able to, you know, talk to a professional about some of the stuff that you've been experiencing um, a therapist or anyone, uh, you know, of that nature to kind of help you through the process. And um, if you can kind of just talk specifically, if you feel comfortable about, you know, just kind of like how your anxiety manifests for you and just, um, I don't know if you can, I'm going through the same thing right now, like with the transition yeah. process. So if you can kind of um, just talk about like the thoughts that you have as far as like, you know, trying to figure things out and trying to understand that the one thing that you were so passionate about and loved is, is gone and trying to like find new things to, to spark that same level of interest. I mean, yeah, just yeah. specifically tell your story on, on that side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to talk about it. So actually I, for most of my, playing career. I mean, from maybe early days of high school through college, I went to therapy. So it started out as like, you know, I'm, I'm from a family of five boys, so it's kind of a hectic household. And, you know, as a kid, um, I was acting out and I'm the oldest. So, you know, when, when things go bad, I'm kind of the, the first one that mom takes to, you know, to, to figure it out. Right. I have four, there's four brothers behind me. And so, you know, when things weren't going well for me, it was let's investigate therapy. And so basically from, from high school, to, well, from St. Peter's, my first high school up through boarding school, I went to basically what I just called anger management. And I think that was basically just kind of like a cover for just saying I went to therapy. Um, I thought maybe anger management made it more masculine or it's like, oh, you know, I, I get angry sometimes. So I go and talk about it. And maybe that's what it was, or maybe that's what it wasn't. I don't know. But I do know that while I was playing, therapy was definitely a huge part for me. Um, I've already talked about it, I think, kind of ad nauseum already. But I definitely tended to get maybe um, hyper stressed when it came to hockey, right? Like just constantly pushing myself. And I don't think there was a harder critic out there on me than myself, like to an absolute fault. Um, and that became a problem as I got older, where just everything I was doing wasn't enough. And especially when I realized that, you know, that D1 dream wasn't the reality. I just constantly was berating myself and hard on myself. So Therapy was a huge, I hate to use the word crutch, but that's really what it was, right? I, I really needed it during that time to kind of figure out that it's okay to just have fun playing if that's all it is, right? Like I was very fortunate enough to get to college, like I said, and that's a lot further than a lot of people get. And I think therapy was, and a large part of therapy was just kind of reminding myself that you can be happy with where you're at, you know, even though it's not necessarily where I want it to be per se, um, it's okay to just be content with, with where you get to. Right. And so therapy was huge throughout high school and college for that. And especially I haven't really gotten into, I only played one year of juniors and I haven't gotten into that yet, but we can talk about it. I Flo, did you play juniors? No, you did not. Lucky you, um, Danny. I know, I know you did, but um, I, ringer. yeah, yeah. The ringers. Right? <laughs> but um, 
yeah, therapy was huge during my year of juniors as I, I didn't really enjoy it that much. It was a tough year for me, but, um, honestly, since I stopped playing, I actually stopped going to therapy and that's not because I think I don't need it anymore or because I, I feel like I'm above it. I, I'm very much not, but obviously I, I moved to Boston two years ago. Um, and maybe I'm making excuses as to why I haven't done it yet, but I just have tried to settle in first and see where I'm at personally before I, I think pick up therapy again. And it's something that I'm, I, it's not a matter of if I will, but, but when I will, um, because I've seen the benefits is how much it helps. Right. And I know there's a stigma around, you know, like going to therapy and we're trying to break that, you know, that's a part of mental health and, and a lot of the great work that you guys are doing and, and other podcasts and other people are, are talking about and being outspoken about. And, um, so yeah, I've definitely seen the benefits of therapy as it pertains to my playing career. And, and quite honestly, I, I have yet to see the benefits as it pertains to my working career, but I think it's something that I'm going to have to pick up again. And not so much as because I feel like I'm suffering internally to the point that I need it, but I think it's to the point where I, I want to go back, right? As I said, there are some things that I'm struggling with, you know, in my post-playing career and it's great to lean on friends and family and, and come on and talk to guys like you and just chat about it and be open. But um, there's professional help provides you with, I think that support and relief that doing what I just said, doesn't quite do. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, it's, like I said, it's something that played a huge role in, in my playing career. And um, I think will probably play a role for, for the majority of my life. And I say that proudly, quite honestly, because I think that there sooner and earlier that people realize the benefits of going, then uh, the better off they are. Cause I know that um, I'm 26 years old and I've probably gone to therapy for 15 plus years, maybe of no less than 15, but around 15 of my 26 years and um, have seen phenomenal benefits from going. And so um, nothing but a, a cheerleader for what the, the benefits of that are. And um, I don't know if you guys have seen professional help or if you guys are, are speaking to anyone, but you know, it's definitely been a huge part of, of who I am and of my career, both playing and soon to be non-playing. Yeah. I'm glad you came on because you said two things and that really pointed out like how strongly you feel about therapy, which is so nice to hear because, you know, people that have come on have talked about how, you know, Oh yeah. You know, therapy helped me. It was good for me, but you're talking about, you know, you said crutch and how you didn't want to mention it, but like, how important it was and how beneficial it was for you. And two points that you made were, you know, it's not a matter of if you go back, it's when, I think that's the most important thing and kind of, you know, elaborates on how strongly you do feel about it because some people are like, Oh yeah, I tried it. Yeah. It helped blah, blah, blah. But you know, I don't need it anymore. Right. And to have you saying, you know, you're looking forward to it and you want to go back because it was so helpful during, you know, hockey's stressful times and all those times that were, you know, not saying you don't, you don't have struggles now, but obviously as a hockey player, you know, you're thinking about, you know, your body fat percentage, your, how much weight you're putting up, how fast you are, like how hard your shot is. And obviously those factors aren't in the mix anymore, but, to hear you say that you want to go back because it helped you during the most stressful times is I think so beneficial for people to hear because, you know, not saying other people have bashed it, but 
they overlook it once they don't need it anymore. And mm-hmm. at points you can be like, Oh yeah, you know, my life's great. I got a great job. I got a great apartment. I got great friends, girlfriend, blah, 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 whatever it may be. But they get, they kind of tend to shy away from still continuing that process of, you know, getting things off their chest or doing exercise with a therapist. And then all of a sudden one little bump in the road comes along and they're back to square one because right. they got away from those tendencies that they were doing. And now they're panicking because they don't have the therapist because they stopped going and now they got to find a new one and all these things. So I think it's great that you are so passionate about it. And I think that kind of comes with the hockey player, you know, mindset. You know, we find something like, you find a trainer that you see serious results with, you keep going to him or her. Same thing with a therapist. If you feel good for me, if something's working for me, I'm going to keep going with it. If I eat, let's say I ate a Big Mac before every game and I had a hat trick, you bet your ass I'm going for a Big Mac every game. Like right. it's things like that with the hockey mindset or probably any, any athlete, but for us hockey players, we're able to relate to that. So I'm just really glad that you said that because I think people hearing, like Danny said back how, about how you guys were, you know, the hardest working ones and whatnot. I think people hearing that is going to be beneficial for them, especially people that have done it and kind of shied away from it. Yeah, I think that's well said. And I think part of the reason, part of why I haven't gone yet is, and, you know, I, I'm, for so long when I, the reason, one of the reasons why I went, the main reason why I went was because of, you know, the struggles I brought on myself because of hockey. And so I, I saw therapy as sort of the, like, maybe it was like sports psychologist. It, it wasn't really technically right, but that's kind of how I saw it. You know, if, if someone can help me kind of clear my mind and improve my game, then that's just a benefit. And so I really, and I think this is honestly probably an issue, but looking back on it, seeing therapy as sort of just through the medium of how can this better my performance and less, how can this better just me as a person? And so part of the reason why I think I have yet to go is because I'm now trying to think about therapy and in the way that it's meant to be thought about. Right. And it's that, yes, of course, a sports psychologist or people who see therapists because they want to improve upon their performance, that's fantastic and phenomenal. And that's why they're there. Right. Um, but now that I'm no longer a player and there's no longer that medium for me to look at it through, I'm trying to look at it in, you know, the heart of the matter, which is, you know, therapy is fantastic for individuals who know that, you know, they seek support and professional help. And, you know, I'm certainly one of those people and I, I'm not afraid to say it. And so I think now I'm just trying to formulate the conversations that I want to have and not to say that you can't go into therapy with a blank slate and not know what to say, because, that's what they're there for, right? They'll help you discuss those things. Um, but I think for me, it's just a matter of making sure that when I do go back, that it's, you know, clearing my mind of some of the the past things that I was going through with hockey and, and really trying to enter that space as, you know, not someone who's no longer a hockey player or no longer an athlete, you know, that will always be a part of me, but someone who's going in there as, you know, my sole benefit of coming here is to just be a better person. It's not to go out and be a better hockey player. It's not to get, you know, a clearer mind so that I can get through the school day so I can go practice better or to be a better teammate. It's, Hey, this is Connor Collier sitting in the chair and I was a hockey player and that's always going to be a part of me, but now it's just about being a better person, brother, son, 
you know, boyfriend, whatever it is, it's, it's just about being that better person. And I hope that when I do go back, I get that clarity that I just talked about. And, you know, sometimes that's not always the case, but I think that will be once I, I realize that it's okay to just go back and, and improve upon yourself as a person and not just as player or former player. Yeah. What were some of the tools that you learned in therapy um, <clears throat> that have helped you that you cope, you know, help you cope and um, maybe some things that you've used in the past some things that you currently use, maybe it's implemented into your daily routine. Um, what has, what has helped you cope in the past or currently helps you cope? Yeah. So I'd say two things come to mind immediately and I've, there's probably more, but two that I can think of right away. And the first being, I think therapy was the first place that I realized that it's okay to have interests that don't align with what people perceive you as. So, you know, when I went to high school or when I went to boarding school or whatever, it was always like Connor hockey player, Connor equals hockey player. That's sort of how I identified, not completely, but that's, I think definitely how I was perceived. Um, and I didn't really do anything to negate that perception. Um, you know, if someone were to be like, Oh, that kid over there, he's a hockey player. It wasn't like, no, I'm just Connor, but you know, I, I was proud to be a hockey player. So I never really um, shied away from that persona. But I think the first thing I learned was it's okay to have interests that are different than how people perceive you. So quite honestly, I loved school. That sounds, you know, I was kind of a nerd growing up and I loved high school. I loved college and I really enjoyed uh, writing. So one of the first things I learned in therapy was like, dude, you can go and enjoy those things. And whether people know about it or not, it doesn't matter. And maybe at first I was a little shy about some of those interests, but now I'm, I'm very open about it. I love to read and write. And I think therapy was the first place that I realized, you know, you can, you can enjoy those things in front of people, not in front of people, however you want, because quite honestly, when I was playing, I shied away from a lot of those things. I was just so hockey centric, everything, work out, eat, everything. Uh, hockey, and I barely gave myself time to f find new things, let alone enjoy them if I found them. So I'd say the first thing is, I don't even know if it's a coping mechanism, but more so just part of life. Like you, you can find things you enjoy, or you should go out of your way to find things you can enjoy um, and definitely take some time to enjoy them. Cause I didn't do that enough while I was playing and I'm still kind of learning how to do that, but it's something that I'm, I've improved upon a lot since I was kind of in the bulk of my career. Um, so that's definitely number one. And that's been probably the biggest one for me. Um, and then number two is just, I think just how you approach not so much every day, but I think at the time it was how I would approach my hockey career or whatever I was going through. Um, when you're so focused on a goal or so focused on playing or whatever it is, I think you tend to, or at least I did, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I did. I tend to look at something through such a small lens, right? Like this is the only thing that matters. And I kind of just blurred out everything surrounding it. You know, sometimes family, sometimes friends, um, nothing drastically, but enough where my perception I think was skewed. Um, and I don't think that benefited me as a friend or a teammate in the moment. And I think going to therapy, the one thing they'll tell you and the one thing you kind of not even that they tell you, you kind of realize it on your own after going to some sessions and talking through it that, you know, having a big picture and perspective on anything you're doing is one of the greatest things you can do for yourself. So I definitely didn't do it while I was playing, but I'm definitely trying to do it now. And that's, you know, if you have a bad day at work or you have a bad day playing in the grand scheme of life, it means almost nothing, right? It's insignificant. It's just a day. 
And that's not like you should excuse it, right? You should think about it and, and react to how that day went, if it was negative or even if it was positive. But I think it's just taking one day at a time and then realizing that each of those days are kind of just compounding on, you know, the larger part of what you're living. And so that's kind of the second thing that I realized. And it's, it's just not to hyper-focus on one thing at a time, right? It's a good thing to be focused and hone in on what you want to get done or do. But at the same time, it's like, just take a step back and realize that there's a bigger picture there. And, and that's definitely a work in progress for me. I'm not great at that, but um, something that therapy has helped me see and, and trying to do better. Yeah. And that's uh, coming from, you know, you who I respected your work ethic and I respected you as a person player. I think, you know, getting to know Flo, like I know Flo's off season this past, um, this past summer, he was working out like an animal and like, you're training like crazy for the season and you know, you guys know my work ethic. And I think it's important when it comes from people like us who have this track record of just working so hard towards something that kids listen to it and say, okay, like these are kids who have been down the block and are respected for their work ethic. And they're telling me that it's okay to have a life outside of hockey. It's okay to not apply so much pressure. And I think it's important because we talk about this all the time. It's about balance. Um, we're not saying don't work hard. We're not saying put your all, don't put your all into it. We're saying, yeah, do those things, but don't let it drive you crazy. Right. You know, um, it's okay to have other interests outside of hockey. It's okay to like things that the quote unquote typical hockey player may not like. I mean, I yeah. think that's, that stuff's important. Um, how are you going about searching for, um, you know, different interests outside of hockey I mean I right now I'm in that same spot I'm just kind of saying yes to everything you know I get invited to do something I'm just like yeah I'm going like yeah you know I'm throwing myself into it yeah. like, all right let's see what this is about <laughs> you know like why not yeah exactly yeah that's part of it um kind of just being a yes man right uh I think a lot of it too and it's unique because when you play you know a lot basically all of my friends are were teammates of mine in hockey or maybe still playing. And so a lot of it is, you know, when I went, when I got to college, I made some friends that weren't on the hockey team. That's not to say I didn't love all my teammates, like still close with a lot of them to this day and really enjoy getting to know them, but you get to college and you, that was sort of the first time I realized like, wow, there are people outside of the hockey team. Like that's weird. And so just meeting new people and hanging out with people that maybe had different backgrounds and interests than I, that's sort of introduced me to new things. Um, and so that's really the main thing. I think it's really just kind of latching on to different people. And Danny, kind of just like you said, it's just saying, yeah, sure. And that's sort of the approach I've taken with uh, kind of the social aspect, right? Like before it was just, you just had your hockey group and you went through life with those, with those guys. But now it's, you know, you make a new friend, you meet someone in the city or you meet someone through work and yeah, sure. Let's hang out. Let's, let's go get a drink or do whatever we got to do and get to know each other. And then from there, you kind of, you know, hobbies or interests kind of spur and that's how I'm investigating. So I guess in short, I'm sort of just relying on people to introduce me to things. And I'm a people person. Uh, I love chatting. I like to talk and just get to know people. And so if that's a way to introduce myself to new things, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, and college is a very stressful environment, but it's also the perfect one because there's so many clubs. Um, I don't yeah. know how, how your school was with uh, advertising, that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, 
people should search for that stuff more. And there's a club for everything in college. And if there's something that, you know, somewhat sparks your interest, go to a meeting, see what it's about. And you meet new people. And I, I encourage players to get outside of the, the, you know, just hanging with your hockey teammates. I think it's important. It's important to develop friendships outside of it and be actually a, a true member of the community. And right. um, I think that that stuff, I think college is a great place um, and it's underexplored for sure. And I wish uh, more players did that. I, I try to do it more. So as I went on and um, met a lot of great people and developed a lot of new interests now that honestly are help helping make this transition from out of hockey um, into normal life a little bit easier just by finding new physical interests that I enjoy doing and putting my time and effort into. And um, <clears throat> if I, if I didn't, you know, do that digging in college, I, I wouldn't have ever known about it really. So definitely encourage, like you said, to have kids. Um, like you said, be a yes man, give everything a shot at least once and um, see if you like it and go in with a good attitude. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Flo, you got anything else for him? No, I I uh, I appreciate you coming on. I think you have a great great mindset towards um, benefiting yourself as a person further, just like you would as if you were still a hockey player, finding your identity to be a better person. You know what you said about being a yes man. Um, you know, kind of <laughs> hits me because. I've restricted myself over the last like 16 months, probably from a lot of things. And, you know, I'm just starting to get back into that mindset of, you know, trying new things. And um, I, I'm just, I'm grateful that you came on and told your story because, you know, I'm sure it will help a lot of people that listen, but it also helped me. So um, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on guys. I mean, as I said earlier, this is, what you guys are doing is great. Not only just admirable, but just great for, for everyone that can listen. I'm sure it helps you guys, but it, it certainly has helped me. It's nice when you can just kind of come on and connect with other hockey players and not even hockey players, but just athletes and, and chat about some things that, you know, not only I've been going through, but you kind of see the commonalities around the community. And, and that's very helpful, I think, for a lot of people. And it definitely has been for me. So thanks to you guys for, for doing this and setting this up because it's a great platform. Yeah, it's our pleasure, man. And, um, I think you gave a lot of great advice and great points. And um, if you just quickly leave everybody with one thing of, um, you know, maybe there's someone who's going through the same thing that you're going through right now or has been, or will be going through just kind of a, you know, a piece of advice, something that you would have wanted to know or something that you learned. Yeah. I would just say that uh, if you, if you have a goal or you you're committed to something and you say you, you love it, right? Like we always talked about, we love talkie. And there were days where people would kind of look at me and be like, are you even enjoying what you're doing? Right. Like I'd practice and coaches would be like, are you even having fun? And I would try and say to them, of course I am. Like, I love this. And they'd be like, you look miserable. Um, And I think I was just so attracted to getting to that goal. Like I always talked about that. I never really realized you can have fun, right. Even if you're having a good day or a bad day, like it's still, it's still good to have fun. Right. Obviously. And I know that sounds cliche. So I guess the piece of advice that I'd say is, don't ever stop setting goals. I think it's the most important thing a person can do, whether it's a daily goal, a monthly goal, or, you know, down the road. Um, but make sure that you enjoy that journey, right? A lot of people talk about the journey. And I think what they say is 
you know, enjoy the other things you're doing and you should, but if you're going to set that goal that you want and get really zeroed in on it, then um, just enjoy that journey. Cause you know, we all realize it's, it's over before you want it to be. And um, it stinks when you're looking back, sitting in insurance and you're wishing you could be playing hockey. So um, just enjoy it and, and have fun and definitely don't be afraid to, to seek help um, while you're on that journey, because it only makes the, the journey better and it only makes the end result better um, for everyone involved, most importantly you. So. Yeah. Meditators earlier too. I mean, I know your parents, they're incredible people, but huge shout out to them and um, parents like that who are just super supportive of having their kids, you know, seek that help and knowing that it's okay to, to get help um, yeah. from professionals. I think that's so awesome and so cool to hear. And um, yeah, the fact that it benefited you is even a plus. So that just, that's awesome. Shout out to the Collier family. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. Oh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. And it was a pleasure chatting with you. Absolutely. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Flo. This is awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy.